morning, Rock Harbor Church. Good to see you this morning. Good to see all of you out this morning. Good to be back in God's house. We're going to begin with prayers. We always do. A lot of people to be praying for. Uh, a lot of situations. We're still being fervent in prayer. Amen? Amen. Not, not just any kind of prayer, but a fervent prayer. We're remembering, uh, we're bringing God into the situation. We're allowing him into the situation. We want him here this morning. So let's pray. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the opportunity to be here. Thank you for your word. Father, I pray, Lord God, your anointing on this service. Father, we pray that you touch our pastor this morning. As the word comes forth, bless him. Touch him, Lord. Father, we just pray your anointing and your blessings here, Father God. And we just pray, touch these ones who have been sick, who have been dealing with these things, Lord God. We just take authority over that, Lord. And we just, we just reject and rebuke sickness and disease in Jesus' name. Ask you to touch, Lord, this morning. Father, we open our hearts and our minds to you, Father. And we ask for your presence here today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you this morning. Amen, amen, amen. We're going to make up a lot of ground this morning. Folks, that's dealing with sickness and, and all kinds of issues. All you got to do is look around. That's very apparent. So, Brother Tanner said, let's be praying for him. That we're going to worship God through everything. Amen. If we quit worshiping the Lord because of this and because of that, then before long, we're not going to be any worship. So, we've got to keep our eyes focused on the Lord. Continue to praise and worship Him, magnify His name. In, in the name of the Lord, let's praise and give Him glory this morning. Join with us. Just bail right in here and and have a good time in Jesus. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. Soul saving power of the Lord. Oh God, we thank you for your holy word. God, for everything that lies between the front page and the back. Lord God, for all the promises, God. Lord, all the power all the mercy, all the grace, all the peace, all the joy, all the healing, Lord God, all the deliverance. Lord God, we receive this morning, God, in totality, the enormity of your word. Praise be to your holy name. God, you are to be honored. You are to be praised. You are to be worshiped. Lord, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Let every believer call after you, God, and rejoice in the salvation they've received. God, that their sins are gone. Hallelujah, Lord, that their life has changed. God, that there's an everlasting kingdom that's been prepared, God, to receive those, God, who have placed their trust in you. God, praise your name this morning. We thank you for all you do in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. And you may be seated this morning. Say you're here this morning for a reason. You're here to give and you're here to receive. You're here to bless and you're here to be blessed. God's in the blessing business. Many times we forget that we're in the blessing business. We can bless God by what we do here this morning. We can bless God by saying, Lord, we love you and we appreciate you. We thank you for the sacrifice you became on Calvary's cross. We thank you for that blood that you shed. We thank you that that tomb... Opened up, stone rolled away, Amen. burst forth. I don't know, but I know Jesus come out alive, praise God. And I'm here to rejoice in that this morning. The saving power of Jesus. These brothers are coming this morning. They're going to receive monetary offering. You know, the Bible calls us over and over again to give ourselves a soul offering, a life offering, an offering to Jesus. Amen. 
an offering to God. I just said it a while ago. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. It says it's holy, acceptable. holy, and acceptable, and is our reasonable service, our reasonable service. That's what we're supposed to do. I believe we're supposed to pour out everything we are, every opportunity we have. I don't believe in just a little bit. I believe in a whole bunch. A big lot. And I'm talking praise and worship. Glorification of God. If churches worldwide would begin to do that, we'd see a change. Because you know why? Because God's word says God inhabits praises of his people. Does that mean? What does it mean? If God inhabits the praises of his people, what in the world is about? That's Bible, folks. That's scripture. Maybe Old Testament, but it's scripture. Amen. And it's real today. Amen. You pour your life into praising God and worshiping him, I promise you, he'll inhabit your praises. Yes, he will. He'll inhabit your work. He'll set up residence in your life. Yes. Amen. Come on, brothers. Receive. God bless you this morning. Good to see all of you. Go right ahead and pray. Receive the offering. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for another opportunity in which you've blessed us with to come together and to hear your word brought forth, Father. We pray yes, that you, you bless and anoint this offering, Lord, that it go forth and do what you need done, Lord. And we pray that you bless and anoint this word that's about to come forth, Father, and that you allow it to do whatever it needs to do and to go wherever it needs to go and, and break free whatever needs to break free and loosen whatever yes, needs Lord, to be loosened and bind yes, whatever Lord. needs to yes, be bind Lord. and let your Holy Spirit have his way we in our service today, yes, Father. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Yes, Amen. Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Can you rejoice one time this morning? Come on. Amen. Rejoice. All the earth rejoices. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you would stand with me this morning with Bible in hand, holy scriptures in between your thumb and fingers. Grip, are you holding on? Amen. I'll tell you, listen to what I'm telling you this morning. There's coming a day, and it's not far off. You better have a tight grip on this thing. Yeah. Not only in leather or paper or whatever it is, but you better have it right here in your heart. Because it's coming, folks. It's accelerating. If you're paying attention, you can see it happening. We will proclaim, amen, that. This is the word of God. This is the word of God. I will walk in it. I will walk in it. I'll abide by it. I'll abide by I'll it. Adhere to it. I'll adhere to it. And I'll stand upon it. Oh, it is my strength. It is my power. And it is my life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Thank you, little brother, for that proclamation this morning. Amen. Out of the mouths of babes and sucklings, thou hast perfected praise. Glory, glory. Mm. Turn to the book of John, Gospel of John this morning. Mm. Preaching before a yeah, take off, kiddos, and go to Children's Church. Before a relatively small group of folks this morning, haven't numbered, I'm not big into numbers or hangings on the wall to tell what was and what's here and what's less and what's more. 
we find that Jesus himself many times ministered to small groups. Many times he ministered to multitudes. Many times he ministered to mass numbers and before his ministering was complete, the number was small. So it is today. And I'm, I know Jesus is not here. We know where he's at. I say this often. He's sitting at the right hand of God on his holy throne interceding for us. Holy Spirit's here. I was listening here not too long ago to some statistics, alarming statistics, and one of those statistics was that Christianity in America is diminishing. It's below the 50% mark now. At least people that profess in some form or fashion declare themselves as Christians. And we all know that saying is one thing and doing is another, right? I want to ask you a question this morning in the beginning, and you know that I do that also rather often. And out of the Gospel of John, Jesus' own words, uh, I'm going to be speaking. I'll give you the scripture reference here in just a minute. But I want to ask you this question first. And the question is merely this four words. Where will you go? First thought might be heaven or hell. It's not what I'm talking about this morning. It's not what Jesus was talking about. In the Gospel of John, chapter number 6, Jesus was speaking before evidently quite a number of folks who had gathered in attentiveness to him and listening to the words that he was speaking and he was speaking uh, here in these scriptures beginning with verse 53 he was speaking of himself he was trying to to bring into their recognition who he is not was but who he is is he a was in your life or is he a is in your life God said I am not I was right Amen. Jesus must be most present in our lives this morning as I spoke just a little bit ago when we give him all we've got and we worship and praise him and we we relinquish ourselves into his lordship and control then he comes into our lives but he does that in a very spiritual and supernatural way and here gathering to uh, uh, in front of these Bible doesn't give us a number but let's read here in verse 53 of chapter 6 Gospel of John, it says, Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, that means indeed, absolutely, I say unto you, except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Boy, we need to get that, don't we? This, this, this astounded some. We're going to see here in just a minute. This astounded some folks that were in the hearing distance of Jesus while he was speaking, and they began to try to understand this. What is this guy talking about? Eat of his flesh and drink of his blood. If you don't, you're not going to have any life in you. In verse 54, Jesus said, Whoso eat my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life. And I will raise him up at the last... Do you have eternal life this morning? Amen. 
Can you say to yourself an affirmative response to this question, do you have eternal life this morning in heaven because you placed your trust in Jesus Christ? Can you say, yes, I do, and I rejoice in that, and I'm glad that I received the Lord as my Savior, and my eternity is shored up in my soul. Can you say that this morning? Jesus was trying to bring to these the message that he came to this earth, sin of his father, to be the savior of mankind and all who would believe in him and accept him as savior and make him Lord. But he said it in a way they didn't understand, or at least maybe they didn't want to receive. It could be either one, probably both. See, many times it's not so much that it's an inability to understand, it's just a refusal to receive. And every day, people make decisions whether they're going to receive Jesus Christ or whether they're not. And many times, it's just absolute refusal because I don't want to adhere to a set of principles that they refer to as religious. There's enough religiosity taking place in our world today, and I use that term lightly. Religion doesn't take you to heaven. Jesus Christ takes you to heaven. Religion does not save you. Jesus Christ is the one who saves you. The blood of the Lamb that was spilled on Calvary's cross is what washes your sins away and cleanses you of everything you've ever done and, and erases your slate and gives you a new start in life. That's Jesus. That's the power that the Lord is. This may seem this morning like a, a very sunday schoolish or elementary type message because well that's kind of the foundation of christianity isn't it accepting jesus in totality and when jesus expressed in the words that he used here you got to eat of my flesh and drink of my blood and if you don't do that then you don't have any life in you have you got life in you this morning have you got the kind of life jesus is talking about now these standing before him we know full well we got life in us we're standing here breathing and we're listening. Of course there's life in us. They didn't have the kind of life Jesus was trying to get across. They didn't have the kind of life that he was expressing and really offering them. Offering them. He offers all day long every day to people somewhere. Accept me. Accept me. Understand that this is a spiritual thing. The acceptance of Christ is a spiritual thing. Yeah, you got to get up from where you're at, make a public response. Yes, that's physical. You walk to wherever, or you or you pray the prayer, or, or, or whatever you do, that is physical. But a relationship with Jesus Christ is spiritual, and it's supernatural. That's what Jesus is trying to say. I am the supernatural Son of God sent to earth in a flesh form, and I'm going to bleed and I'm going to die and I'm going to take the punishment of the sins of the world on my shoulders and I'm going to be the sacrifice, the Lamb of God for mankind and praise God, I'm going to go to a tomb after I die but God's going to raise me up on the third day and I'm going to rejoice and in the last day I'm going to raise you up with me. Praise God, what a promise. What a promise. As the living... Back up to 55, I'm sorry. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. Anybody here ever took communion? How many times? What's it mean to you? It's a memorial. Thus do in remembrance of me. What do we do? 
We eat of his flesh in the form of a wafer. We drink of his blood in the form of the juice. Right? What's that represent? That represents Jesus. That represents that sacrifice, that spilling of that blood, that giving of himself, that we could be free, that we could be saved, that we could inherit eternal life and an eternity with God in heaven. Jimmy said in verse 56, He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me and I in him. Here we go. Now, by now we're going to see in a minute there's some out here in the crowd that already started to scratch their head. Uh, doubt setting in. Does doubt not always show up? You know doubt shows up in the church house? Doubt showing up in the church house is why many people that come in sinners leave the door sinners every Sunday. Because they begin to doubt. They, or they begin to refuse. And I don't think we should think it a strange thing that that happens, folks. I know we're restricted in, in the day we're living in because of this pandemic, epidemic, creature of hell that's come upon the world and the church. See, Satan wants to divide the church. I'm not preaching a different message, but we need to know that. Satan, he wills to divide the church. To do things to split the church. To do things to separate the church. Why? I've said this before. Because where there's no accord or there's no harmony and there's no unity, then there becomes an increasing division. Contact is essential among Christians. Fellowship is of necessity. And now this huge thing, not only this thing, but many others all combining at the same time are attempting to separate the church and you better listen to me real good this morning there's things in package that's ready to be opened up you talking about splitting the church you talk about dividing the church where cowards are going to run and the righteous are going to remain I'm telling you it's going to happen it's going to happen I'm not a prophet of doom but I've read the Bible enough and I know what the scriptures say let's continue 57, as the living Father has sent me, and I live by the Father, so he that eateth me, even he shall live by me. This is that bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead. He that eateth of this bread shall live forever. Are you plan on living forever? Is that even in your thoughts, or is it all about this life? Well, for many, it seems all about this life because that's all they're interested in. It's all that means anything. Plans being made to fulfill more desires, more lust, more needs, more possessions, more this, more that. Right. We need more Jesus, folks. Amen. Amen. We need to eat more of the flesh of the Lord and drink more of the blood of the Lord. Eh? I don't believe it's just a one-time thing. A relationship with Jesus Christ is continuous. And here, as he's speaking to this crowd, and we, we don't know who's all in the crowd. There's some Jews, there's some religious folks in this crowd. There's probably some poor folks in the crowd. There might be a few rich folks in the crowd. I would say there's kind of a mix. And he's, he's, he's relaying to them the way to eternal life. And the way to eternal life he's expressing is him who stands before them. And we're going to find out they just can't grasp it. You just can't grasp. Remember my question when I started. Where will you go? Where will you go? Move down to verse 60. 
Many, therefore, of his disciples, don't you remember that word, disciples? When they heard this, said, This is a hard saying. Who can hear it? Many of his, many, remember that word too, many of his disciples. Who's a disciple? Those that's following the Lord, right? Those that's, that's committed themselves in some way, shape, form, or fashion to a following of this teacher. This teacher being Jesus. Now, evidently, I don't think the term disciples is used lightly here in the scriptures. I believe it, it's a steadfast and a sound description of who's in the crowd. Many of his disciples, followers. So they must have been around him for a while. They must have been kind of drawn to hear. Now, sometimes people are drawn by nothing else than popularity. Well, it's popular to go down there and listen to this new guy on the street. See what he's got to say. But this says disciples. Disciples. When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at it, he said to them, does this offend you? Boy, ain't that a question. Does this offend you? You know what happens when the Lord offends you? They've been offended. How do we know? Jesus asked him the question. He already knew it. He already knew his prior discussion or his preaching or his ministering had already offended some, not just a few, but many. Many in the crowd. Have you noticed lately how much the name of Jesus is offending folks? How do we know that? Because there's all kinds of attempts everywhere to wipe it out. Remove it. You don't need to be saying that if you're in public office. You'll offend somebody. I heard that recently. We don't want to offend anybody. They might be some other. There isn't any other. Amen. Jesus is it. He's the only way. See, you see how the, the, the devious character of, of, of the divider of the church works? He begins to sow doubt. He begins to set up, you know, well, it might make somebody a little uneasy if I say Jesus or if I try to witness to somebody about the salvation the Lord can bring you or, or even if I praise God, I might offend somebody. I might offend myself. Really? I'll tell you something. If you genuinely praise God, you're going to offend yourself because you're going to offend your flesh. Because they don't want to do it. See, spirit worship. What do we worship in? Spirit and truth. Spirit, not in flesh. Now, there's people that worship in flesh, and sometimes maybe that's all they're worshiping in. But when we worship in spirit and truth, that, that's, that is a, a scripture in God's word that contains a multitude of power, more than the average reader can possibly understand, to worshiping in the God. What and if ye shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before? See the question Jesus is asking? What are you going to do if you see me ascend up where I was before? He asked some interesting questions, doesn't he? 
It is the spirit that quickeneth. It's the spirit. He said it already. It's the spirit that gives real life. Spiritual life. The flesh profits nothing. How many are trying to profit in the flesh in the day we're living in? They were doing it in this day. It's evident. He said the flesh don't profit you anything. It might have ability to make you feel good or give you some pleasure, but it don't profit you in the spirit. I think he's doing some great preaching right here. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Whole different meaning than just normal spirit and life. Now, spirit, the spirit that God is able to install in the soul of a human being when they accept his son as Lord and Savior, thereby cometh the life of God that he wants to put in you that you can live in joy and power in eternity. In the end, when this thing wraps up. I've often wondered, and I have to wonder, how many people sitting on pews in church houses on any given Sunday morning fit this right here? How many? Bible said in the end times, Paul told Timothy, he said, perilous times. Perilous times. Went through a whole list of things men were going to be. And what's failed to be seen so much of the time when Paul related that to Timothy, he wasn't necessarily talking about men of the world, he's talking about people of the church. Does us well to open our eyes and look around. Start right here. I've urged this many times right here. Look in the mirror every morning. Ask yourself, what's my condition this morning? What's my spiritual condition? Who am I really? Am I just me and my flesh? Or am I a child of the living God? Amen. Is Jesus my Lord? Or is he only a figment of somebody's imagination that I simply follow somebody in this belief and I really don't even begin to understand or know or don't want to about being making him Lord of my life and giving everything to him? I find in myself, and you won't find in scriptures, really Jesus is trying to relay this. When he says, eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, that's pretty personal. That's pretty much receiving all of him. Nothing left. All. All. All belief. All hope. All confidence. All trust. All surety. Anchor of my soul. Anchor of my eternity. He's trying to get this that people would receive it. But again, backing up, we find many begin to question verse 64 says but there are some of you that believe not it's always about believing isn't it believing or not believing remember the prayer of the father whose daughter was dying and he ran to Jesus remember what he asked what his prayer was told him Jesus my daughter's dying at home he said Lord help my unbelief Help my unbelief. 
For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and who should betray him. In verse 65, and he said, Therefore said I unto you that no man can come unto me except it were given unto him of my Father. No way to Jesus but one, right? I know there's some Hollywood celebrities that have written books and found a new way to Jesus. Good luck, and there ain't no such thing as luck in this chapter. Right. Luck don't get you to heaven, folks. Right. Somebody's bright new idea doesn't get you to heaven. It's going to lead you to somewhere you don't want to be. Right. You're listening to me out there this morning. Please listen to me. There's a, there's a multitude of beliefs. There is an absolute bombardment of false teachers who are teaching false doctrines in this day that we're living in and many of them are standing in Christian pulpits doing it and deceiving people and leading them away from the truth of the gospel. Listen to what the word says. Verse 66. From that time Many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. How many? How many is many? Jesus himself, another expression in John 14, 6, he said, I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me again, reinforcing. There's only one way. One way to the Father, one way to heaven. That's Jesus. Sure. There's attempted diminishment of that name. There's attempted diminishment of that message in the society we're living in today. Who do you think orchestrated that? Who do you think it is that wants people to believe otherwise? and to believe and inject in people's messed up heads that there's other ways to, to heaven other than Jesus. Folks, that's a lie. It's a lie. It's a created lie. It's a design lie. It's an articulated, strategized lie from the one who's the father of all lies to try to deceive people and make them believe that they really don't have to go through this process of receiving somebody they can't even see that was just a man that died a long time ago and yeah, he's written in the history books but they are not teaching that he is the only source and the only way to heaven and eternal life. There is none other. Jesus is speaking it here to this crowd, many disciples, and said, from that point on, many of them turned and they left and they never followed him again. Because he offended them with the words he was speaking. We could maybe say it this way. If you want to go to heaven, you've got to make it all about me. I'm me, Jesus. Not me, John, or you, whoever. Or somebody else. Jesus. Then said Jesus, verse 67, and to the twelve, will you also go away? Boy, I roll this one over. Jesus sitting right there looking into the eyes of these remaining. And I don't know if he points his finger out there or not. You know, pointing of the finger is meant to get attention. 
it can also offend. But the Lord can point his finger at me any day of the week, any time to get my attention. And as he's looking at these that have followed him and listened to his teaching and that he's expressed his lordship to time and time again, and he asked them this question, you've seen these others leave. You've seen these others turn and walk away from the message of the gospel that's going to save their soul for eternity. Will you also go away? discuss the term disciple a little further. No, no one ever really knows the sincerity or how devoted a person may be, but here classified as disciple really drew something out to me because it, it separated them from the normal crowd. Now, you can bring somebody in that maybe notori has notoriety or popularity or a celebrity figure and start walking them down the highway and people recognize them, you'll get a following. And probably that following will grow. But this following was something that's different because it was people that that were listening and following the words of the Lord and, and evidently had been around him again for some time. But when he began to tell them what's required for them to really receive the fullness that God wants them to receive and the relationship that has to come through him before they can ever receive of the Father. It offends them. They don't want it. They refuse it. And I don't think it's a whole lot lack of understanding that's spoken of. I think it's just flat out refusal. We've got another religion that we follow. So and so wrote a book and said this. So that book that was written by man has got to be more true than the book that was written by God, right? Wrong. Greatest book ever written. Amen. Most powerful book ever written. Word of God. This is supernatural. This is spiritual. This, coupled with the relationship with Jesus, the message of the gospel, God would send his son to earth to die for mankind, to be a sacrifice for their sin, to give them forgiveness and a route to heaven. Amen. This is the book that does it. Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? To whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. You have the words of eternal life. I believe Peter's saying, where else could we go? There's no other place. For it to be found. And see, Peter had to know something here. He had to know in his heart. He, he had to receive and had already received that Jesus, this one that he had walked with and listened to him and, and fellowshiped with and ate with and, and, and been with so much, was the only path to eternal life. And his response, he responded in a question. He said, Lord, where else shall we go? For thou hast the words of eternal life, and we believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, the Son of the... We believe and are sure 
You see that? Let me read it again. Verse 69, And we believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, the Son of the living God. Do you believe this morning? And are you sure that Jesus is that Christ, the Son of the living God, instead of just following religiosity and ritual and habit and whatever? Amen. There's a tremendous amount of draw in this day to the worship of man. Men in different places. Men are not God. I see a, a draw to the facets of worship. Worship's great. I've mentioned that several times this morning. I said the facets of worship. That one over there. That one over there. Or that one on the stage. Or that one that can do this marvelously. Or that one that's so charismatic. It don't matter what he says, I'm going to glue it to him because he's charismatic. Charismatic is not necessarily godly. Right. It can be. Many times is. But see again, and I give this warning often, and you've heard it, you've been here very long. The Bible tells us there will be false prophets and false teachers in the end times. Many of them. Many of them. So whatever you listen to or whatever you read or whatever by whatever means you might receive something, always back it up with what this book says. Amen. See if attention is being drawn to God or drawn to man. I've never seen the lack of, of name splattering. Anybody else notice that? My name's got to be attached to the work. <coughs> you know, Paul was even so careful about that. He wouldn't accept any recognition that he was anything. But I've noticed, oh my goodness, I, 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 I got to get this Bible out there with my name on it. Or my, or my book with, with my, I got to get my name on it. Or this gospel that, that's going forth all over the world, I got to get my name on it. Why? The only name that's important is Jesus Christ. Amen. You might disagree with me this morning. That's all right. We can agree to disagree. I'm just telling you what I'm seeing. All things must be done to the glory of God. Not to the glory of me or the glory of who I want to be or the empire that I want to build. It's amazing to me some empires that I'm seeing built in this day. I'm talking empires. I'm talking financial wealth empires, folks. Yeah. In the gospel realm. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. Hey, I'm just telling you what I'm seeing. Probably all kinds of reasons here why these left. Why they walked away from Jesus. Didn't fit their agenda. You know, we we have but some of the conversation here that was spoken on that day. Most obviously. As many other recordings in God's Word, especially when Jesus was speaking. 
And those in listening and hearing, again, I'm sure there were many reasons why they made that decision. I don't think I want to continue in this. This God that we've been listening to and thought, I, don't, I just don't want to. I'm going to go my way. I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to have my religion. And they did. And they did. And I can tell you very safely where they ended up. Bible speaks of in the book of Matthew speaks of a, a man that arranged a wedding feast for his son. Now this is a parable. Again, Jesus speaking this parable. And they invited guests. They went out and invited those that were normal and supposed to be a part of the congregation or a part of the, the, the marriage fellowship and Bible says it didn't come. It didn't come. I'm wondering why. What's Jesus getting at here? And then he went on and said, well, go, go back out there and invite them again. And went and invited them again. Finally, he says, go out there in the highways and byways. Compel them to come in. And then it said that both the good and the bad. And then we're given the account also of the one that came in and he's looking over the congregation or the assembly or whatever you call it at a wedding. And all of a sudden he sees one, he's got the wrong clothes on. Or he doesn't have the right clothes on. And he approaches and he says, what are you doing here? Well, I come to the wedding. Out of here. Take him out. That's, that's pretty abrupt, isn't it? Can you imagine somebody being at a wedding and all of a sudden there's several comes up and jerks them up and plucks them out the door? See, I believe Jesus is speaking here and I'm closing with this. You can go to all the ceremonies you want to go to. The weddings. The rituals. The church services. All this glory. And you can do it time after time after time, year after year after year. And you can even make people believe that you're ready to roll. But if you don't have the right clothes on, and I'm talking about a blood-stained garment that dripped down off Calvary's cross 2,000 years ago and stained the ground beneath it, and that same blood, if it has not washed you, if you've not received it and accepted it and accepted Jesus' body, his flesh, and his blood, if you've not received that as your sole source and only source of salvation, you don't have the right clothes on. That's right. And if you don't change that in the finality of things, you're going to be cast out of the wedding and never allowed to enjoy the ceremony. Well, what are you preaching that to us for? We're all here. We came. We showed up. The invitation. Many times. we got a camera running here. I don't pay a whole lot of attention to it. But it does go out there. And I pray somebody gets this this morning. 
that needs to hear exactly what's being preached. Amen. Don't believe these forms. Don't take on these concepts and these, these new age beliefs right. that there's other ways than Jesus because there isn't any. None. Book of Matthew also declares. I said I was closing, didn't I? Thank you, Lord. We're going to close after this one. There's a wide path in a broad way that leads to destruction. It's easy to take. That's why it says wide and broad. Not a challenge at all to go that way. Head up, there's multitudes, there's crap. Man, there are absolute, just enormous crowds going that way. But he said straight as the gate and narrow the way that leads to life. And that's Jesus. Take the straight way, the tight way, the, the very scrunched up way. Somebody needs to hear that word. I ain't thought of scrunched up way. I mean, you're to get through. Because yeah. that requires baggage coming off. That requires stripping yourself of all things that's hindering you to get through that narrow passage to what's on the other side. That's the challenge. Would you stand this morning? Jesus offers. The decision is, lies within the receiver. Jesus is always offering. I love Peter's response when Jesus asked, will you also go away? And he said, where would we go? Ask him. Where would we go? Chase the world? Chase that possession I want? That career? Nothing wrong with those at all. But when they become our focus, there's something wrong with it. Where would we go, Lord? If it's any other way, you can answer that. Where would we go? Four letter word. Hell. Because there's no salvation to be found anywhere else other than in Christ Jesus. Would you bow? Lord, I thank you for this word. I thank you, God, for the ability that we have to make decisions and to receive you as Savior and Lord. To recognize that if we're going to live a godly life, if we're truly going to take on and receive and allow the Lordship of Jesus Christ to lead our lives, then we most assuredly, God, must understand, realize, and receive who you are, Jesus. Yeah. All of you, yeah. flesh and blood, yeah. in spirit and supernatural sense. Lord, I pray that this house would radiate with conviction, Lord.
on a continuing basis that when people come through these doors, that conviction's present. I pray that conviction go out across these streaming waves of modern digital technology today, God, and touch somebody's life somewhere. Somebody that may be hurting and searching and asking questions. Somebody that may be wore completely out trying to keep up with this world and trying to find hope in it. And God, there is none. The only hope is in you. The only hope is in Jesus. I invite you to call upon the Lord Jesus Christ this morning and ask him. Lord, I believe. I believe that you are Jesus. I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you came to this world to take on the sins of mankind. I believe that you bled your precious blood and you gave your precious life on Calvary's cross for me. You became a sacrifice for my sins and my punishment that I would not have to be a sacrifice and I would not have to receive punishment. You've done it all, Lord. And I received that and I believe it and I accept you today as Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Lord bless you this morning. If you need prayer, we're going to pray a final prayer. I always believe you can't pray too much. If you need prayer this morning, simply lift your hand. I don't have to say the need. You know the need. Just tell God what the need is. See, this corporate prayer, we're going to pray for you. We're going to combine faith. We're going to connect belief. So let's do it. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, we come today again. I pray for all these people who have raised their hands this morning. I pray, God, you know what's going on in their lives. Father, you know everything about everything. And Lord God, we lift those things to you. I lift my wife to you this morning who couldn't be here because she's weak, Lord, and she just needs energy and strength and healing in her body, continuing, Lord. I pray I lift her up to you. All these other needs this morning, every individual, Lord, every family, God, I pray a nearer closeness to you, Lord God. Father, as people leave, I pray they've received a closer closeness with you today, God. And I pray they continue to receive a closer closeness, God. Help us all to seek you, Lord. Help us to know that we can ask and receive. Help us to know that we can seek and find. Help us to know that we can knock and the door be open to us. Lord, today be with them. Bless them in all things. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray for all of our people who need you this morning, who are sick and ill with this illness, Father God. I pray healing to their bodies. I pray strength to them. I pray, Father God, fellowship with them, Holy Spirit, right where they're at, and give them comfort and peace and help. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord. God bless you. You're dismissed.